Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, (laughs) chat, (laughs) chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark times. More so as the alcohol seeps into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes, it starts off intentional, but by Amanda's segment, if we're doing Minnesota accents, that's just au natural, it's, baby. Oh, for sure. It's, it's no involuntary. <laughs> it's snowballs. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, All right. Well. Who are you? I hope. Oh, fuck. I'm Kenyon. I think. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm Lucy. Who cares? Everything is dust. <laughs> Amanda? I'm Amanda. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just thinking about dust. (laughs) And now it's mostly skin. How's quarantine going for you? My hair extensions won't fully... Have you become an anamorphs yet? Yeah, basically. My hair extensions are at a point where they won't fully fall out. They're just really (laughs) loose and really, like, longer than other parts of my hair. (laughs) You got those at the worst time (laughs) in human history. I did. I know. (laughs) I'm so glad I did not get my lashes done when I had planned to get them done right before all of this because... Ugh, they what look so crave. A waste. And then if you go like a week or two too long without getting them filled, you look insane. Like Yzma. You look, yeah, from, from Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah. Pull you the never crunk. Just four really long lashes and like two on the other eye. And they like, there's like one, some of them will go with, they're like dandelion fuzz. Like they just, you know, it takes nothing and they fall out. And some of those suckers hang on way too long. For months. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. we, that's what I don't get is why are some of them so quick to jump ship and then the last mm-hmm. stragglers will not let go. I think it's I, depending on I like... I had to cut them off. Oh, honey, just take I, tweezers and pinch. That's how you oh. get them off. Oh my god. Well, I mean, well, I don't have them, so I don't... I don't think I'm ever gonna do them again because they are just too much maintenance. Mm-hmm. I can't deal. Mm-hmm, but if you do mm-hmm. have a straggler, just get tweezers, get down to the base, and just pinch them, kind of roll it and pinch it, and then it'll like, it like cracks the glue. Okay, that oh. sounds like a one-way ticket to me pulling out all Stabbing of my eyelashes. Stabbing my one good eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I actually don't trust either one of you to do that. I'm good. <laughs> to execute that? No. I'm I put on good. mascara today, and then it had been so long since I had worn mascara that I That your just- lashes rejected it? <laughs> I, uh, basically, like, it didn't really stick to them. Like, they're, like, too soft- right now mm. and um my eyes just stung and burned all day 
Oh, like honey. I've spent all day removing this one coat of mascara. That <sighs> sounds like hell. Again, I feel like you're doing it wrong if it took you all day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I'm just going to get drunk. I, it's 2 p.m. I'm getting drunk. Who cares? Nice. Well, yeah. great segue. Let's, let's move on to this. So mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have a very special fan pick brought to you by Jax Fox. Yes. Which, Jax if like that could be a Scrabble word, it would be 75 points. Good mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good on you, Jax. And Jax has selected the topic of toy crimes, I believe because they work in a toy store. Is that correct? That is my recollection. Love it. Okay. (laughs) I do not recall. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we have toy crimes. And what is our wine crime pairing, Amanda? Our wine crime pairing today comes from our faithful friends at Wink Wine Club, Mm. which now is really the best time ever (laughs) to become a member of (laughs) Wink Wine Club. I cannot Mm. stress this enough. Mm -hmm. It, It delivers wine to your door. It's a mm-hmm. quarantine essential product. I'm in the app right now placing yep. my order. It's an essential service. And also think of all the money you're saving on like not going out for fancy coffees. Yeah. Like not going out to restaurants, whatever. Spend that money on Wink Wine. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's honestly, it's... It's brilliant. So they have an incredible online inventory that changes seasonally of Wink exclusive wines. So you get like fancy stuff off of Wink. You can buy a la carte without being a member, but I highly recommend a membership because you get the member pricing on your wine. Mm -hmm. And it is essential to stock up right now. And Mm -hmm. that member pricing is clutch. So... Mm -hmm. My recommendation would be, while you are listening right now, head to trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash gals. Get you a shiny membership and mm-hmm. start dropping bottles in that cart because you put four <laughs> or more bottles in your basket and they take care of the shipping. And if it's your first order with Wink, that promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, gets you 20 bucks off your first order, your first box of wine. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Also, really good way to help support the show. It definitely is that. Big time. So the the wine that we are drinking today from Wink is the Passarola White Blend. This is a 2018 vintage. That is Lucy. in my box right now. Yeah, she gorged. She pretty. She engorged. <laughs> and I chose this bottle because the label is like equal parts beautiful and terrifying and reminds me of all of like the creepy hanging moving toys at the toy store. Marionettes? Yeah, you know, you, yeah like marionettes or like airplanes, trains that are up off the ground. Just creepy toys. Creepy toys. It looks like a creepy toy. It looks like a creepy toy. It's 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 a drawing of like a famous hot air balloon ship combo. Mm. I'll re- I'll just I'll read this to you from the website. 
Up, Up and Away. Oh, no. Named for the imaginative balloon ship invented in 1709 by a priest in Lisbon, Passarola is all about showcasing Portugal as an excellent source of quality wines at very reasonable prices. Portugal, one of Europe's oldest nations and the world's largest exporter of corks. Hello. Yes, I knew that. Yeah, isn't that a fun tidbit? Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. They have mm. such a plethora of, of cork plants. Mm-hmm. Cork plants. It's home to over 250 indigenous varietals. Until recently, their wines have flown under the radar, but savvy wine drinkers like us know that these <laughs> wines deliver unmatched bang for their buck. Mm. Passarola combines native grapes that create a delicate white with notes of light fruit and flowers. Uncork this lively blend with friends over the internet, not in person. Mm -hmm. Then follow the tradition of the old world locals by pairing it with seafood, especially bacalhau, which I don't think I pronounced properly. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Buckle how <laughs> buckle up for buckle how <laughs> buckle yeah, how dare you? Um, <laughs> this is a light and dry white wine, clocking in at twelve point five percent ABV, and it is a popper. So you're going to want to reach for your nice pop wine key. And if you don't have one of those, you can go to our online store, wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com, and get you one, along with many other merch items that we have available for sale right now. Including stay the fuck home merch. I'm wearing my sweatshirt right now. Mm -hmm. Limited edition, though. So hop on that train. She cute, Mm. but she Mm. gone. She She limited. Yep. She limited. She's still there, but she limited. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, shall we pop? I'm ready. Let's do it. Here we go. Dry white pop. Yeah. Corky. Corky pop. Portuguese pop. Yeah. Buckle pop. Corky Romano pop. No? No one? No. No? Okay. Well, Kenyon gets me. I think she's laughing because nobody got it. I think she got it. No comment. I'm going to go ahead and say she got it. <laughs> She's being diplomatic. Right. She's keeping her mouth shut. Mm, she got it. <laughs> she no idiot. Let's move on. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> oh, it's my turn to mm-hmm. uh, do a transition. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're I was busy super putting... on top of it today. <laughs> We're we are on it. it. <laughs> I was putting wines in my wink box. You're doing um, an amazing job. Thank you. So are you. Thank you. Um, what about me? <laughs> you you're are fine. too. And you're about to do an amazing. <laughs> you're about to do an amazingly <laughs> fine job at fine. Background Insight. <laughs> your toy cry. All right. Let's get Jesus into Christ. it. <laughs> uh huh. You're fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of shooting for meh this week. <laughs> Honestly, meh goals. That's it. Yeah. If we can just get to meh, meh, we're fine. Yeah. I may not be mm-hmm. thriving, but I'm definitely mehing. Yeah. 
<laughs> you may not be thriving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A toy, for those uninformed, is an item used in play, especially one designed for such use. <laughs> wow. We're really wow. going for it these days well, of quarantine. Well, that's egg. Just kidding. <laughs> Please, though. Toys Please. can be an enjoyable means of training children for life in society, teaching them oh. cause and effect, teaching them about relationships and about skills relationships. Relationships <laughs> and skills that they will need as adults. Okay, um, I just need to confess that I just had a moment in my head. Uh-oh. <laughs> where you were reading this and I went, oh my gosh, I just wrote a case about Oh, right. That's for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I was just working on toys. The quarantine fog is so real. It's so real. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Every two seconds, I, I am about to do something and then forget what it is. It's like how people, yeah, I just Constant. Weirdest thing, mm-hmm. I just wrote a case about a toy and about like how it models relationships for children. Oh, wait. Oh, God. All right. We're barely anyway, clinging. We are. All right. All right. Get, we're going to get in this. Get in it. We're we are becoming <laughs> untethered. <laughs> okay. A toy can be just about anything that a child plays with. For example, my sister had a quote unquote toy dead worm named Valerie Whoa. when she was oh. two that she kept for like three weeks. <laughs> Valerie. <laughs> Valerie. She named her Valerie. Oh my God. <laughs> so it counts as a toy. A child's playing with it. Wow. Ugh. The oldest known Uh doll toy is about 4,000 years old. Archaeologists have uncovered prehistoric toys representing infants, animals, soldiers, and representations of tools used by adults. So like toy hammers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Little toy kitchenettes. Fisher-Price toy hammer. Fisher-Price prehistoric toy hammer. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) New from Mattel. Old from Mattel. (laughs) Quite old from Mattel. (laughs) Okay. The earliest toys. Stupid. The earliest toys. (laughs) Old from Mattel. (laughs) Oh my God, you guys. (laughs) From the Mattel era. (laughs) <laughs> the earliest toys were made of natural materials like rocks, sticks, and clay. Egyptians had more advanced toys with wigs and movable parts. Oh, Hello. I love a good wig. Duh. I brought <laughs> wigs to the cabin last weekend. You are a wigged doll. Oh, Lord. You are a wigged doll. <laughs> oh. Get, it, get out of here. I love how... We both knew which of the three of us we were talking about Me. without any sort of identifier. <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> Ancient Greeks and Romans had friggin' yo-yos. 
toy. Whoa. Yeah. I still don't know how they work. And when Greek children, especially girls, came of age, it was customary for them to sacrifice the toys of their childhood to the gods. I hate the term come of age or came of age. Yeah. When she became fuckable. The age of fuckability. Fuckable. When she reached Menses. Oh, <laughs> On the eve yeah. of their wedding, young menstruating girls around 14, <laughs> I added that oh, part, no. would offer their dolls in a temple as a rite of passage into adulthood. Oh, no, that's sad. Thank you. Although I, I did it. sell off a garbage bag full of beanie babies when I was <laughs> that was their dowry in high school <laughs> that's how you <laughs> that was your you college you hand over a garbage bag full of beanie babies to Zach's parents before you can get married it's, it's your hope chest full <laughs> of hand beanie babies hand over your childhood <laughs> trinkets to prove I've been you collecting have these for years all the tags attached <laughs> mint condition <laughs> Do you have Tabasco the Bull? <laughs> Lady <laughs> Diana was, Bear. That was I did have Lady Diana Bear. you a better Same. husband. You did? Oh, I think I did too. Oh. But there were yeah. like two yeah. versions and only one the was royal a collectible. Blue one. Something. I, I think I have the purple one. I don't know. Mm. Oh, who mm. cares? She royal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my trousseau. <laughs> <laughs> she invaluable. Okay. All right. <laughs> During the Enlightenment era, attitudes towards children were shifting to view them more as individuals who had a right to enjoy their childhood. We have a right to get our hair cut. Oh my God, don't get me started. (laughs) So toys became more widespread. The 18th century saw a big ol' increase in toy manufacturing, like rocking horses, hoops. There's a photo on the drive of a really cute little boy with a hoop. That is just nice. so uh, Wagons, kites, puppets, and jigsaw puzzles. And wow. all the better to haunt the manse with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Also, blowing bubbles was invented at this time. So like, like little soap bubbles? Yeah. Cute. In the 19th century, a more educational emphasis was put on toys, plus uh, a lot of religion-focused toys, so like model Noah's Arks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Manger mm-hmm. scenes. Rising prosperity afforded children more leisure time with more intricate toys like porcelain dolls and dollhouses and kaleidoscopes. Oh. Plasticine was invented in 1897 by English painter William Harbutt. And by 1900, it was being used to mass produce toys. So, you know, plastic. Mm -hmm. Some toys were invented by accident, such as Silly Putty, which was an attempt to replace synthetic rubber during World War II. Play-Doh. Yeah. Play-Doh, which was invented as a wallpaper cleaner. Oh, odd. weird. I Super don't weird. think I like that. And sleep. A wallpaper cleaner and a carpet ruiner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And Slinky, which was invented in 1943 by Richard James, who was experimenting with coils for his military research when he dropped one on the floor and like saw it slink around. And he loved it. I love that Silly Putty and the Slinky were both invented by like. 
military, like military, military scientists, military yeah. nerds. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. In fairness, so were drones. Yeah. I thought you were going to say drugs. Mm, that too. Some drugs. <laughs> oh, I'm watching How oh. to Fix a Drug Scandal on Netflix. It's so good. Mm. Gonna mm-hmm. have to check it out. It's fucking it down. A wild. So let's talk teddies and loveys. <laughs> oh, oh, tell tell them what you did. Don't <laughs> tell them what you did. She doesn't <laughs> listen to the show. I can say whatever I want about our anonymous friend Blortney. True. <laughs> <laughs> Who's blagnant right now? Currently blagnant, and um, she's, she's blagnant and bliving. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so a couple weeks ago, we all Basically, decided... Basically, we can't throw her a baby shower in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we so all got we on Amazon shopped. and online shopped for her impending little girl's, you know, new wardrobe. Because she only has baby one... Baby Amanda. One yes. boy plus a husband. She's like itching for like feminine, you know, gender mm-hmm. binary pink shit. So... I wanted to get her a little lovey, like a little, you know, half rag, half stuffed animal kind of a thing. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. don't have kids. Half <laughs> rag. literally what it is. So I went on Amazon and I found a cute one and I put it in my cart. And then I realized that I already had some like solar powered ornamental lawn lights in my cart that I wanted to buy. <laughs> and I was too lazy to split up the shipment and also too lazy to like actually mail her the lovey from my house once it arrived. So my I just Lord. didn't bother and place the order and essentially bought a lovey for myself and I love her. Oh. <laughs> okay. And when we asked you what it was, you very decisively said it was a lamb. Mm-hmm. And then you sent a picture of it, and it is very definitely a rabbit. bunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally the same like fabric pattern with longer ears. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's the same rag, but a different mm. head. yeah exactly yeah same rag feet same rag hands (laughs) same rag time same rag place i love rag time speaking of rag time (laughs) fun fact Mm -hmm. charles schultz popularized the term security blanket with linus's blue blankie in the peanuts cartoons oh how fun Mm -hmm. i always got linus and pigpen confused Mm-hmm. Don't really know how because Pigpen always had like the little sinky lines around him, but mm-hmm. they're both gross. They're both gross. They're both they're unhygienic. Both kids. Yeah. Okay. Kids so are this, gross. this is from The Guardian. In 1951, psychoanalyst Donald Winnicott published a paper on what he called transitional objects, referring to the shift that every infant must make, as he wrote, from the state of being merged with the mother to a state of being in relation to the mother as something outside and separate. Uh, mm. Angela Joyce, chair of the Winnicott Trust and a fellow of the British Psychoanalytical Society, explains that for Winnicott, quote, there isn't much distinction from the baby's point of view between the self and the other. It's a very merged in space. But as the baby develops, as his or her body, memory, and interests in the objects and people around them mature, many choose something that becomes special and is used at times of separation. Oh, that's sweet. I know. Mm. A transitional object tends to be chosen in the first six months of life and to have qualities reminiscent of the mother. It is soft, it can be stroked, cuddled, and bitten. 
Okay. And on a symbolic level, it it's links- a giant nipple. <laughs> Honestly, I'm but gonna, anything could I'm be a giant nipple. I'm only going to offer my infants really inappropriate <laughs> transitional objects. Good giant Lord. nipple pillows. Yeah, like that poop pillow I got for Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go look for a giant nipple pillow right now. Absolutely. Into it. Continue. Um, so, and on a symbolic level, it links to maternal care. This helps to smooth the edges of a mother's absence. As gaps between feeds grow, meaning like as the child gets breastfed less frequently, Joyce explains, space opens up between baby and mother occupied by this special object. Possessions such as, um, okay, well, this is from an article and this is probably the saddest fucking story I've ever heard. So I'm just going to paraphrase for you now because... It was no, really sad. It. Well, I, it, I'm not going to read it from the article, but basically there was a guy named Chris who was interviewed for this article, and he was saying that um, he had this, like, perp or p- green, like, teddy bear or something or other when he was young, and then when he was in, like, fourth grade or fifth grade, and he was, like, getting ready to, like, go off to, like, some sort of big boy school or there's some sort of, like, transition to be like, okay, now you're a big boy. His mother made him throw his boo-boo, is what he called his stuffed animal, into the fire, into the fireplace. Sacrifice it. He had to sacrifice it. I know, but he was, like, really fucking upset about it. And then later on in the article, he he, he was saying, like, as he was being interviewed... He, he was like, oh, my God, I just realized something. When my daughter was, like, four, she had a, a little stuffed penguin that was her transitional animal, and they were walking, like, along the seashore, and, like, she realized that she had dropped it, and they, did, they couldn't find it, and then he, like, looked out into the sea and saw her fucking penguin floating away, and she was like, what was his name? Pingu. The penguin's name was Pingu. Oh. She's like, Pingu, no, come back. Don't leave me, Pingu. It was like a Wilson moment. So this man stripped off his clothes and jumped into the ocean and went and rescued Pingu. And he was like, I think the reason why I felt such a drive to do that, other than like making my daughter happy, was like to to make up for boo-boo being chucked into the fire. Oh, wow. Oh, fire and water. One lost, one saved. Wow. Isn't that really sad? So it, sad. It, it, it's no wow. Pingu, no Pingu, no. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the quote goes on to say, possessions such as Chris's boo boo help an infant to navigate the experience of difference and separation from the mother inside whom they spent the first nine months of their existence. So that, with apologies to the Spice Girls. One can become two. (laughs) (laughs) When two becomes one. I had to just continue that quote just for the last line. I love it. I love it. So Winnicott asserts that these items are also more than just comforting. They lead to play and exercising the imagination, which are themselves a form of therapy. Toys can be particularly helpful with development of empathy and can even be can be even more beneficial to individuals with autism, which I thought was interesting. Also, mm. like the idea of of a child learning empathy through, you know, like a stuffed animal or something. It mm-hmm. makes sense. It makes sense to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of toy psychology, there's something called age compression, which is Mm. the modern trend of children moving through play stages faster than children in the past. 
And fun fact about that, girls in particular have been gravitating to more complex play about 50% faster than boys. Ooh, and also, I like that. there is so fucking much to unpack about like gendered toys, boy toys and girl toys. I just, I'm oh, not, I'm yeah. not even going to touch it because mm-hmm. I started yeah. going down that path and it's just, there's too much. Enraging. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's enraging and it doesn't make any sense. And it's all based on consumerism and commercialism and marketing. And it's just so, ugh, just like fucks you up. I don't know. I just yeah. don't like it. Uh-huh. So some cute names that I came across. Uh, slash no in real life of like transitional items. We got Bubbies, Teddy, Boo Boo, Panda, Dog, <laughs> Annie, Pingu, <gasps> Kapoorji. Okay, this is my favorite. Kapoorji, which uh, translates from Bengali as Sir Cloth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How funny wow. is that? That's fetch cute. Sir Cloth. Oh, fetch me Sir Cloth. <laughs> sir cloth is really cute my no, transitional item don't sir leave cloth. me sir cloth <laughs> uh my sister's transitional item was an well her baby lily which was a baby doll that she was obsessed with uh mm. her other one was feline if you recall which was like a really oh, yeah. enormous stuffed deer that she won at the dentist's office i was really jealous that's right <laughs> <laughs> they had like a monthly drawing of like an oversized stuffed animal. And she at like four years old somehow guessed how many jelly beans were in the fucking jelly bean jar. <laughs> lucky guess. Ugh, lucky bitch. I had Patsy. And up until then she, o- she only had the dead worm Valerie. So. True. Lily, Valerie, and Feline. Oh, Those were her. That was her team. Uh, I'm pretty sure Valerie is just Ash now. (laughs) (laughs) Valerie has gone back the way of her ancestors. (laughs) Patsy was my transitional item. She's a, Mm -hmm. just a dark brown bear with like a really thin neck and a floppy head. She's also gender fluid. I feel like every time I refer to her, she has a different gender. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I just got a fat ass. She has a oh, big ass. She's sick. I can put her on my. <laughs> I'll put her on my head like backwards with her f- feet wrapping around over my ears, and I look amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nappy was cor- uh, Scott's stuffed dog, and the name was because he took naps with him. Mm. Literal. Yeah, and then Corky was is my husband's little puppy that he grew up with. That actually looks a lot like Nappy. What were yours? I had Mr. Biggie Hands. Oh, yeah, Mr. Biggie yeah. Hands. <laughs> and I, I mean, I had a blanket that I don't know if I named it, and I would twist the corners of it and shove them up my nose, and the blanket <laughs> basically, like, had to be snipped because of all the crusty boogers. Ick! Um, oh. I also did not wow. want to give up my binky slash pacifier until mm-hmm. I was, like, four. Yeah. Mm. I so, had all know. different... Like polar bear stuffed animals. I had yeah, a giant you had the one. The Coca Cola bears. Yeah, I oh, had a giant right. one that was Johnny Bear, and I remember oh, when he was bigger than me. Johnny like, Bear bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> what was your flat little bear in a dress? Snuggles, Snuggles. who was also gender fluid because. Um, he rocked a dress, but he was always a he mm-hmm. mm. and, uh, still have snuggles. And, um, I also had Mr. Icy, who was another 
Polar bear. I was really into the polar bears, apparently. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. still, do you still sleep with them in your beds? No, Mr. Biggie no. Hands is definitely in a closet. I brought snuggles with me when I studied abroad in high school. Mm-hmm. But I did not bring any of them to college. So they are all in storage. But I definitely still have them all. Mm-hmm. So when I left for college, I left Patsy at my parents' house. And then I just slept with Patsy every time I, like, went back to home to visit or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, like, you know, a year ago, my parents were finally like, okay, come home, clean out your room. You're moving out at the age of 31. Bye. <laughs> Which is so unfair because what are they going to use that room for? Right. right. I have right. no idea. So Grandkids, brought- <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I brought Patsy home with me, and now Patsy, like, sleeps in my bed and it's very comforting and I, you know, Corey doesn't have a choice. But like, I just sleep better when she's just tucked under my arm. She's very, I love Patsy. She's Mm -hmm. great. She's a member of the fam. Yeah. And then here are some more typical like general terms for transitional items. We got a blankie, a binky, nookie, doo-doo, nappy, huggy, lovey, diapy, pamper, cozy, Betty and Boo Boo. I'm not okay I, with Doo Doo, but all the other yeah. ones seem fine. Well, it's I D-O-U. like a lot of them. D O U. And some D-O-U. of them I hate. Doesn't matter. Well, I think also some of them are not from the United States, so maybe Doo Doo doesn't, doesn't mean matter. poop. Yeah, Doo Doo. I think it. You can. That's what is said in France. Yeah. So that's quite even a, worse. That makes it worse. So as we <laughs> just sort of. <laughs> covered quite a lot of adults in the articles that I was reading still either have their transitional objects or still sleep with them and this is a quote from a 46 year old woman and she's talking about it's a it's a rag I'm sorry it's a rag <laughs> it's very <laughs> soft blanky. well just listen it's very soft and I hold it in a fist in my right hand. My fingers sink into it and it feels really reassuring. Most nights I will lose it for a moment as I loosen my grip in my sleep, but I always retrieve it and wake up with it the next morning, she says. It's like my eye mask. Every morning I wake up and say, where's my eye mask? Same. And then put it back on and sleep for six more hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her husband thinks it's hysterical, but she has never let any man come between her and her kaporji. Okay, this is Sir Cloth. Sir Cloth. It's it's a rag. I very clearly explained <laughs> I'm not clingy when it comes to the person sharing my bed, but definitely when it comes to my kaporji. I don't think I left any room for argument. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's clear. Yep. Uh-huh. And actually, as I recall from that article, her kaporji is like... She she grew up with her grandmother in India, I think. And then when mm. she had to move back to, I believe, England, when she was like nine or something, her transitional object away from her grandmother was by taking one or two of her grandmother's saris. And her mom would cut oh. out a square of it and let her like sleep with it and have it and have that be her kaporji until it like disintegrated. And then she'd cut out another square and it would just kind of oh. go... Oh, that's I love sweet. that. I that's know. really yeah. sweet. Kaporji. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and on a final note, because it's Earth Week this week, I couldn't not say anything about this. Most <coughs> modern toys are made out of plastic, mm-hmm. and most modern children eventually grow into adults who no longer require plastic toys mm-hmm. or require different ones. 
Right. And also <laughs> like a transitional item object, as we talked about, it's like supposed to be soft and something you can cuddle with. And like the plastic toys are generally not tr- a transitional object that has like so much emotional value. Mm-hmm. Mm. So these plastic toys are fucking just discarded at some point. They uh, cost money to produce, money to purchase, and they're played with for a very short window of time. And then they end up in landfills for the rest of eternity. And also many what's called fast fix toys. So like the ones that come in Happy Meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They are too small. That no one cares about. No, literally no one. They're too small to toss in with your curbside recycling and or have tiny non-recyclable parts. So they usually not only contaminate the mixed recycling systems of most like city councils, but they can potentially cause blockage problems with the sorting machinery. So it's just a fucking mess and it is not worth approximately 90 seconds worth of play. Mm-hmm. So next time your kid's screaming for some little chunk of plastic, you know. Time to go fuck themselves. Maybe. Well, <laughs> and also like children are aware of more than I think a lot of people give them credit for. So like maybe if a if you were to explain why a kid shouldn't have that a certain toy, they might actually get it and opt for something, you know, well, a little kinder to the planet. We as three people maybe. without any kids yeah. say anything about... About parenting, especially I can just, right that now. That wasn't my opinion. That was the from emails. the article. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just my opinion. Anyway, that's my statement. Do fast food chains? Do fast food chains still offer Happy Meal toys? Oh yeah, some like of them do not. Toys. McDonald's but many definitely of does, them though. do. Well, some of them moved over to like cardboard or mm-hmm. like books, even. Mm-hmm. Or something that yeah. just breaks down eventually. It's not just plastic. Yeah. yeah. Fine with that. Mm-hmm. Totally fine with yeah, that. Yeah, give them some crayons. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Something. All right. Well, well done. I feel like I learned a lot. And now I need to, I forget what Zach's transitional object was. So I need to ask him, but it's something very cute. Probably a baseball or some horse shit. <laughs> Just snuggled his a dad's old every mitt. night. His dad's old kids. <laughs> New balance. Yes. Oh my god! But actually, though, uh, I'm okay, gonna have more of my transitional liquid during this ad break. <laughs> Big Do time. It. All right. Let's. Speaking of other transitions, let's hear a word from our sponsors. It is officially spring, which means it is officially spring cleaning time. Yeah, it's a thing. Turns out. And if you're not Mm -hmm. doing it, you probably should, especially with your underwear drawer. Yeah. Your drawers drawer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your drawers. And your relationship with toxic, old, tattered undies. I have so many pairs of underwear with like like elasticy lace around the top, and it's just not. It's just not. It's the amount working. of destroyed pantaloons <laughs> I have had to discard <laughs> in recent past is so many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So get rid of those and move on to a membership with the softest undies to ever grace your nethers. A fresh mm-hmm. start for a fresh spring. I love me undies. You know this. Mm-hmm. Especially now during this shelter in place, I've essentially been only wearing my me undies onesies 
Ugh. My donut onesie and is the my- lounge pants. Yes, yeah. it's my go-to outfit, and I'm sorry, but like I look real good in that donut onesie. It is so <laughs> form-flattering. It's my most flattering outfit. It's really cute. They're so soft because all of MeUndies and their products are made from that micro-modal, like intensely soft cloud-like fabric. It's not from planet Earth. It's not. And I have replaced every single pair of underwear except for like maybe two of like my sex pairs of underwear that come out with like moths on them to be dusted <laughs> off like once a year with MeUndies. It's amazing. So I have a MeUndies membership. And why would you need an undie membership? Let me tell you. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Do you need any more reason to have it? Also, if you're me, you might blast through a lot of underwear. <laughs> maybe literally. And Maybe literally. And I like a lot of variety in my undergarments. Putting on something fun makes me feel fun and happy. It's an easy way to give your future self a present each month. A membership with MeUndies is full of perks like site-wide savings, early access to new styles and new prints, hello, free shipping, and new ridiculously soft undies delivered to your door each month. Building your undie collection makes your adult life just a tad easier because more undies also means less laundry. It's science, people. Yeah. That's just there a fact of life. There is a way to know in There's this There's literally context. a way to know. <laughs> a chemistry happens and then you don't have to do laundry as much. <laughs> and they have all these fun different prints, colors, and styles. So me undies are made with, like I said, that micro-modal fabric. And what the heck is that? Well, what it is, is a magical, sustainable, soft-as-heck fabric made from trees. Yes, trees. That makes your bits feel like they're floating on a cloud. And MeUndies are offered in a range of sizes from XS to 4XL and a bunch of different cuts. So I like the little, like, boy shorts or, like, the cheeky You love the panties. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of them cheekies. So I'm, I'm a, a bikini gal. Out. I'm a bikini you are. gal. But I also Bikini just, bottom. They're fun prints. They're just so fun. Mm-hmm. So Me Undies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You will be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. So to get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com forward slash gals. That's G-A-L-S. Again, that's MeUndies.com forward slash gals. Treat your bum. Treat it. All right. So we have decided to take our platform opportunity to kind of boost up some business for local businesses. Yeah. And these are businesses where you can order online. So I'm pretty sure almost no matter where you're listening, at least if it's in the contiguous United States, you too can have access to these local businesses and Mm -hmm. help them out. So today Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about a store It's in a lot of different cities in the Midwest now, but it originated in Des Moines, the place where I call home. It's Mm -hmm. called Ray Gun. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen their styles, it's just like sans serif, block text, all cap, like funny phrases. I love their tees. I have like, every time I come down to visit you, I spend an absurd amount of money on candles and like cheeky tees oh, from Raygun. Cheeky tees up the wazoo. That's yeah. what Raygun offers. They also oh, my, do... My Mount Nasty pennant is from there yes. and it's like my favorite thing in my house. Oh yeah, Mount Nasty. Mm-hmm. So as you can tell, just based on like current events and pop culture, they're just churning out witty, mm-hmm. cheeky apparel, tote bags, all sorts of stuff. 
home goods. Yeah. It's just, they have everything. Yeah. So currently all of their brick and mortar stores are closed because of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. But Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it. <laughs> right now, Raygun is offering free shipping on all online orders over $25 because they do print in their stores. That's it's how they're so turning cool. them out so fast. And a portion of all of their pandemic shirt sales, so they have like a whole section of pandemic sh- apparel, mm-hmm. a portion of those proceeds will go to support food banks in our communities that might just be like around the Midwest communities. I love it. But, you know, your money goes a lot farther when you're donating directly to more like grassroots organizations mm-hmm. with not a lot mm-hmm. of overhead and administrative fees and whatever. So this is incredible. I purchased a quarantine sweatshirt for myself as well as Amanda and sent it to her as a little present. Quarantine casual. I love it. It's so soft and so comfortable. I have been, it's been a go-to for me during this whole lockdown. I wear it every time it's clean. Yep. So that's like three times a week because I'm doing so much laundry. Mm -hmm. It's outrageous. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in checking out some of their apparel, some of their home decor stuff, kitchen stuff, anything... Uh, go to raygunsite.com, check them out, and uh, support our food banks. Yes, please. This case is uh, brought to you by our fan picker, Jax, and it's a good one. Mm-hmm. So well done on you, Jax. I was, I was into this one. Mine was picked by Jax, too. Oh, my God. Did you do it. the okay. same one again? No. Are we sure? Yes. Tell me if any of this rings a bell. It doesn't. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I checked. So, <laughs> don't trust Amanda. She forgot she had written a case for this episode. Okay, first of all. <laughs> rude. <laughs> all right. All right. June 29th, 2013. People can leave their homes. Ugh, the good old days. Don't have to wear masks. People can order wine still mm-hmm. in South Africa. Anyway, June 29th, 2013, Hamburg, New York, which is a southern suburb of Buffalo. Ever heard of it? Also south of Athol Springs. Oh, Such an Athol. Springs. <laughs> <laughs> the Toys R Us store. Ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. No. So 35-year-old assistant store manager Larry Wells is found brutally murdered in his office. Wow. The end. (laughs) (laughs) The toys did it. The end. Toy Story 5. Woody did it. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, Larry had married his high school sweetheart and was a devoted husband and father. He and his wife, Jill, had a four-year-old daughter. And at the time of this case, Jill was also pregnant with their second child. Sorry, I'm hiccuping. (laughs) Wells loved kids and had previously had a career as an elementary school teacher in the Frontier Central School District. Mm. And according to his wife, Jill, quote, when he was a teacher, if he had a little kid who had problems at home, he would take them under his wing and make sure they had the best possible life they could have at school, even if they weren't getting that at home. That's so sweet. I know. I like it. Remember when kids and their teachers had contact with each other? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But when economic conditions during the last major once-in-a-lifetime economic collapse (laughs) that we've lived through (laughs) left Larry unable to land a permanent teaching job in that school district, uh, true to his character, he found a way, figured out an alternate way to provide for his family. So again, Jill said... Quote, we were ready to buy a house and start a family and we couldn't, he couldn't get a full-time teaching job. So he did what he had to do for us. And for them, that meant him taking a job at the local Toys R Us. And he definitely, when he first started this, he saw it as a sort of temporary plan to, you know, pay the bills. Right. But it actually ended up blossoming into a successful second career for him. Mm-hmm. And he ended up really liking working there. Get so Larry it. moved up the corporate ladder into management. Yes, manager daddy. Yes. <laughs> I love manager daddy. <laughs> For the listeners, Lucy and Amanda call our <laughs> lawyer, lawyer daddy. To his I face. started it. Give me credit. <laughs> You've called him that too. Oh, everyone's you've, bandwagoning you've won with me it now. Over. It's yeah. too good. Get him, lawyer daddy. <laughs> I said. I think I said, whip him into shape, lawyer daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Hi, Julian. Okay. We love you. So Larry was also well liked at work, and some reports even say that he was universally loved by How his coworkers. How do they know? They don't know everyone in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> And they said that he, quote, fostered a family-like atmosphere among the store's employees. Mm, That's a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Playing it up for the reporters, but fine. (laughs) Um, Do they know everyone in the universe? Yeah, come on. (laughs) What kind of family? Someone hated him. (laughs) Well... Which made the discovery of Larry's murder all the more shocking. Oh, right. He got murdered. Oops. Right. (laughs) He'd been stabbed to death, quote, in the toy store's office while his co-workers stocked merchandise during the late night shift. So that was between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Okay, so the store wouldn't have been open, but people were still working. Yes, that is my understanding, because I don't believe that there are any 24-hour Toys R Us's, and if there are, oh, capitalism needs to die. Yeah. Well, we're well on our way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, it's the middle of the night, an alarm starts blaring, and the store employees try to contact Larry, I'm assuming via, like... (gasps) Walkie-talkies, probably. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, the intercom or... yeah. Walkie talkies because it's fucking Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Maybe via like a giant like piano staircase <laughs> that they can send covert <laughs> messages out on. <laughs> it's a code chopsticks. SOS. Code chopsticks. Code Tom Hanks. Code big. Code big. So. They're trying to get in touch with him to turn off the alarm. I'm assuming because he's like the highest ranking person working at that time. And so he would have the code for the alarm, but he didn't reply. So then they go to his office to see what's going on. And to their horror, 
they see Larry's body lying on the floor in an ever-growing pool of blood. Oh, oh my God. Can you even imagine one minute you're stalking fucking troll dolls and the next <laughs> yeah. you're standing in a pool of Probably blood. Probably high as shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yep. So the store's security camera's DVR had been unplugged at approximately 4.39 a.m., which is an interesting piece of evidence in and of itself because the killer obviously had the know-how to accomplish this. Inside job. It was the giraffe. Yep. (laughs) It was Bob the Builder. (laughs) But it also narrowed down the time of the murder better. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. if the cameras are unplugged at 4.39, likely by the killer, then it must have happened after that time. And there was also physical evidence left behind. You guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Pull yourself together. I'm trying. Hold your breath and talk at the same time. <laughs> Not that hard. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. It's all, this, it's all this Kahlua in my decaf coffee. Oh, my God. I want a coffee with Kahlua. That sounds so good. I yeah. think next month when I leave my house again for rations, I'm going to get white ration supplies. Yeah. Yeah. It's We're time. out of vodka, but yeah. Okay. So there was physical evidence left behind, namely a 2007 University of Florida Gators Baseball cap. Oh, gators are pests. Gators are pests. Um, and then my husband read this and was like, why are you writing about the tw- 2007 University of Florida championship? Ugh, Tim like, Tebow. I'm Ugh. not. I was like, what are you even talking about? Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I've asked you to leave several times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there's a Gators baseball cap lying next to the body, and this hat did not belong to Larry. And more luckily still, the hat was found to have usable DNA on it. Yeah, Probably from the killer himself. I don't know, hair. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Throwback. Throw back to catfishing crimes. I don't know. I don't know. Just stare. I don't know. Hire. (laughs) Capful hire. The authorities collected DNA from all the store employees present that night, as well as dozens of others um, who like weren't scheduled, but they didn't find a match. Investigators then called in Toys R Us regional manager of loss prevention, Bernard Creed Bratton. (laughs) (laughs) yes oh my god in more ways than you could imagine bernard grucha i don't know how to say his last name i'm going with grucha he went by bernie to go over the security footage that remained from that day before the cameras were cut so the footage showed a man who'd clearly taken pains to disguise his identity there's a photo on the drive. It's pretty blurry. I think he's wearing a, a big motorcycle helmet. Ish. Um, Hate him already. Ki- oh, my mm-hmm. God. There's a boob pillow on the drive. I put it there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great transitional object. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan. like exactly what psychologically a child needs. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to get it for you if you ever have children. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. And then if I'm out of town, it'll be Corey's transitional object. 
Mm. <laughs> I'll get you two. <laughs> okay, so this person walks in, got the helmet on and like all dark clothes. It's also 4.39 a.m. In the fucking morning, yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Carrying a knife. So actually this person entered the store at 4.24 a.m., and after zigzagging through the aisles in such a way as to successfully avoid the gaze of the cameras for much of the time, like they took like this weird, like circuitous route through the I store. I hate it. That's so creepy. So yeah. they knew where the cameras the were. They knew, they knew where the cameras were. It's the mm-hmm. middle of the fucking night. They're mm-hmm. avoiding people restocking the shelves and they know mm-hmm. where the cameras are. Ick. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No. The suspect entered Larry Wells' office eight minutes later. So it took them eight minutes to like get in, zigzag through the store, cut the security camera DVR, like unplug it, and then walk into the office. Bernie Gruchka, a well-respected 39-year-old, quickly became the go-to guy for investigators, offering help wherever he could. Oh, no. Offering, he did it. Offering mung beans to whoever wanted any. <laughs> oh, I sprout <laughs> mung beans on a paper towel in my desk. <laughs> oh, Very my nutritious, God. but... <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like death. <laughs> but they smell like death. <laughs> oh, he's I know exactly what he's talking about. I sprout mung beans <laughs> on a paper towel. In my <laughs> Distinct old man smell. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, the investigation started to lag. Months went by without a solid lead. Quote, people in Hamburg began to talk, worrying that someone was going to get away with murder. Hamburg, help her! <laughs> <laughs> get it? Yes! A Hamburglar. <laughs> Hamburg, help her! <laughs> God damn it. We gotta keep going. I'm on fire! But, <laughs> but then, in August, almost two months after the investigation began, police realized that they were missing a DNA swab from uh-huh. one key person involved in the investigation. Creed. Bernie Gruchka himself. What? Bernie Creed Bratton Gruchka himself. Bernie did it? Mm, we know Bernie, Bernie had, up until then, managed to avoid providing a DNA sample each time he was asked, all without flat-out declining to provide one. If which I can't scuba, what has this all been about? It's all been about. <laughs> yeah. But, like... Like when there's the murder mystery party and Michael's like, there's been a murder and the killer's amongst us and Creed's like, I forgot something in my car. (laughs) (laughs) Or when he shows up on Halloween, it's really convenient that it's Halloween today. He's covered in blood. (laughs) (laughs) God, it's so so good. So Bernie would always be like, you know, like he's like has to like rush home or, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll happy to give a sample, but I just can't right now. He had Medicare for all to help us get. Mm -hmm. Cut him some slack. (laughs) He's busy. I am once again, I am once again asking (laughs) you to find me innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, he kept finding excuses for why he didn't have time to be swabbed, much like our president. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a medical procedure, you know, no details. 
<laughs> but once investigators realized their oversight, they showed up at Gruchka's surprisingly nice home to collect the sample. He's mm. got that toy money, and baby. And soon enough, the results came back. It was a match to the Gators. Oh, 100% match. The, Gator, the Gator match. bats. <laughs> Gators the Gator are matched. Bat. <laughs> the same day uh, that they got the DNA results, Grichka was arrested and charged with second degree murder. Did he cry a- crocodile tears? Oh, oh there's been a he murder sure did. in Savannah. <laughs> After a 109-day investigation, which had relied on help from the killer himself, Grichka's arrest, quote, rocked the Toys R Us community. (laughs) 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 Suburban suburban highway off-ramps across America were underpaid hourly workers with no benefits. Yeah. Is a community now. They didn't give a shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Just, I mean, I'm sure people that knew Larry were upset, but I wouldn't. Right, oh, but yeah. the corporation as a whole. Yeah, the, exactly. What do you mean? <laughs> Toys R Us in Hamburg, New York? <laughs> Toys R Us national? Toys R Us international? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Galactic? Yeah. Authorities also got a warrant to search the home where they found stockpiles of items, mainly electronics and toys, suspected to have been stolen from the Russ. <laughs> the Russ? <laughs> T Russ? <laughs> T Russ? The Russ? T Russ? The Russ? Oh my God. The loss prevention expert was apparently selling the merchandise on eBay for extra cash, and Larry Wells had simply gotten in the way. Or maybe he was, like, on to him. We don't know. He murdered him over his eBay toy ring. Side hustle. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just a small side hustle, because Grishka would later admit, as part of a plea deal, to stealing over 200000 thousand dollars worth of merchandise from the Russ over the years. He did have I'm that done toy with cash. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a lot of money. Two hundred thousand dollars of Monopoly money. It's <laughs> a lot of tickle me Elmos. Ish. Quote, he was uniquely well-suited to rip off the company that employed him, said U.S. Attorney William J. Hutchell Jr., Huxtable. What did you call? What was that word you said early? The Portuguese word? Oh, I don't know. Blockhouse. Whatever. (laughs) Harlablau. Bacalau. There we go. (laughs) Bacalau. And that's good, I guess, since Bernie needed money to fund his lavish lifestyle, which included expensive cars, as well as a very nice home with a pool in nearby horse country. And his presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the good times couldn't last. And quote, after his finances had taken a dive, the man who had once enjoyed the prestige of being a regional manager. (laughs) I'm sorry. Threatened. (laughs) Unironically, had to file for bankruptcy. 
Despite eventually agreeing to the plea deal, Bernie's defense attorneys tried to make the case that it wasn't his spending that led to the financial problems, but the fact that his wife was suffering from breast cancer. But it didn't really make a lot of sense because the years of theft predated her cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Um, Way to pin it on your wife's boob pillow. Right? (laughs) Fucking rude. Really rude. Uh, Um. Yeah, so, yeah. Also, other witnesses contested the defense's depiction of Gruchka as a family man. Quote, others say that he abused and cheated on his wife and had episodes of violent behavior prior to the murder. So he was Mm. just a psychopath. And one particularly chilling example of Bernie's manipulation and abuse was the time when, quote, Gruchka pushed and shoved his wife then ran upstairs to the master bedroom in their sprawling Hillside Elma home. The next thing Heather R. Gritschka heard was a gunshot from the bedroom. She rushed upstairs and found him face down on the floor. When she rolled him over, he spoke, saying, I wanted to see if you still loved me. Oh, Oh my God. Now, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Heather, get out. Mm-hmm. Jesus, so, that is crazy. So in the end, this absolute fuckface pled guilty to manslaughter. So the plea was from um, second-degree murder down to manslaughter and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. And the last little tidbit, a Justice Penny Wolfgang oh, presided Penny over Weber. the presided over the case, which sounds like the name of, like, a Bond girl. Yeah. (laughs) Pussy Wolfgang. Penny Wolfgang. Pussy Penny. (laughs) Anyway, so that is the case of the Toys R Us killer. Nice job, Kenyon and Jack. What a wild ride. Mr. Todd's wild ride. Uh. Shall we hear a word from our sponsor? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finding the perfect present for mom or grandmom or any of the moms in your life is tough, especially if you don't have the luxury of celebrating Mother's Day together in person. Hi, <laughs> almost everyone on planet Earth right now. I miss my mom. I miss my mom, too. It sucks. This And, like, my mom lives outside of my state anyway, so, like, we don't see each other that often. But the idea of our summer plans being up in the air and not knowing when we'll get to hold physical space together is actually really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I know that more than anything, parents, and honestly, I cherish spending time with family. Yeah, more and more. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why this gift is so meaningful to give to the person you love and want to celebrate in your life this year. This is a chance to connect with loved ones through StoryWorth. StoryWorth is amazing and I love it because it's a unique and like interesting way to get to know members of your family with like some structure that then has a really cool end result. So what StoryWorth does is it's a fun and meaningful way, like we said, to engage with your family, especially with relatives that you might not get to see often. They're online service helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's the gift of spending time together wherever you live, and we're all doing things to be creative about, like, remotely spending time together right now, and I feel like this would be a really cool way to do that. 
So every week, StoryWorth emails your family member directly a different story prompt or like a couple of different prompts. They're questions that I would never have thought to ask, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises? Mm -hmm. And what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? Which is a much nicer way of saying what's the worst thing you've ever done. (laughs) Really fun to ask grandparents that. So fun to ask. And then, yeah, that what happens next, Lucy? Well, reading the weekly stories is fun and makes your family feel close, even if you're not all together. So like Amanda was saying, it's tough to, like, if you only see a grandparent or somebody, like, once every couple years, for example, and you want to learn more about their life and, you know, subsequently about your life, it's hard to sit down and be like, so tell me about, you know... Your childhood. Everything that ever happened to you in a sequential order that I can then understand. Exactly. Go. So in the past, I've tried to ask my grandmother stories about her childhood because she grew up during the Great Depression. She was like the second oldest of like 10,000 children in the Dust Bowl. Yeah. So she has lived some wild times. And through StoryWorth, I heard a story from her about... This man, it was during a dust storm, like the dad was sick and the mom was, you know, breastfeeding out of like all of her orifices because she had so many children. And then there was a man who like, they saw a light outside through the dust and they came out and they found this man like passed out in the dust and they brought him inside and he ended up living with them for like 12 years as their farmhand. Oh my God. So they rescued this man from a dust storm. Like... It, that so that had never come up before, and it is why, such, why would it? It is such a it? cool story. I know that's incredible. That's one of the ways Storyworth just draws these stories out of your loved ones. So after one year, Storyworth will compile every answered question and photo you choose to include in a, in a beautiful keepsake book that is shipped for free. My family will treasure this book forever, and yours will mm-hmm. too. So give mm-hmm. your mom or your grandma the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com forward slash gals. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That is storyworth.com slash gals for $10 off. Treat your memories. Treat them. Most of us probably ended up with our bank the same way we ended up with our friends in elementary school. Amanda knows this. Oh, God. (laughs) They were the closest to home, or our parents chose them for us. Maybe they rode the Mm. same bus. They sat at the (laughs) same, like, coloring table. I definitely sat at the same coloring table as my bank. (laughs) (laughs) And keeping that bank and those friends works fine for a while, but at some point you realize that there is more out there. You start to choose friends because you have the same interests, and you can do the same when it comes to where you keep your money. You can choose better. And that is why 10 years after disrupting the financial services industry and helping hundreds of thousands of customers invest their money automatically, Betterment built a checking account that is designed to work for you because they believe that when it comes to managing your day-to-day cash, fine is no longer good enough. Yeah. When has someone ever said to you, I'm fine, and you knew that they were actually fine? Yeah, that hasn't happened in several months for me, personally. Yeah, no. And that's because that's 
just that's how it's always been is no longer an acceptable answer. We can do no. better, people. We can always do better. And with Betterment checking, you'll get reimbursed for every ATM fee and foreign transaction fee. Hi, incredible. No more paying to access your own money. There are no overdraft or other fees and no minimum balance requirements to worry about. And Betterment's mobile app means that your nearest branch is always in your pocket. So you can check your balances. You can lock your card if it's misplaced. You can use your tap to pay debit card anywhere Visa is accepted. The future is now, people. It's this wild. is like banking the way it is meant to be in the way that we live today. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's time for you to put your financial wellness first. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. Checking will be provided by Betterment Financial LLC in partnership with NBKC Bank. Treat your money. Treat it. Technology has improved just about everything from phones to cars to shopping. And yet mattresses have more or less been the same since sleeping was invented. Right. Yeah. But we deserve better. And finally, Mm -hmm. the mattress has evolved thanks to purple. Ever heard of it? Mm. The secret to purple is the purple grid. It is a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for every body, everybody, Mm -hmm. no matter Mm -hmm. how you sleep. And purple is designed with over 2,800 open air channels and naturally temperature neutral gel. So that means that you never are too hot or too cold. I woke up this morning soaked in sweat. Yup. Because I don't have a purple mattress yet. Mm-hmm. I do have the pillow and it's incredible. Oh, we'll get to it. Oh my it. God. So the purple oh. mattress is soft where you want it. It's firm where you need it. And it is comfortably cool all over. It is truly a mattress that does it all. Mm-hmm. And like Lucy said, we have the purple mattress king-sized pillow. It's so uh, heavenly. I... I I barely have words. So I am, I sleep actually in like only two positions that, and once I'm out, I'm pretty much in that spot. But for me to get to sleep, I need a very structured cocoon of pillows. Anyone who's ever been to my house knows I have about, my pillow to like person ratio on my bed is like 800 to one. You have an, an, absolutely obscene collection of pillows. It's absurd, but it is, it's my thing. I love my pillows and I need them to be of the utmost perfection and quality. And I have gotten rid of many a pillow because it failed miserably to meet those requirements. (laughs) And the purple king size pillow has now become my favored pillow, which I wish everybody truly understood what kind of praise that truly was. It's like picking your favorite child. She's got a lot of real good... She seeks out her pillows. So for this purple pillow to be the pillow, it says a lot. And I also am a night sweater and I like to sleep like basically clutching a pillow in a very specific way. And if that pillow does not have good like (laughs) basically air movement... 
Yeah. And I, and I wake up with like a sweaty cheek and like hair stuck to my face. That pillow is is going away. To your that pillow house. is being banished. <laughs> yeah, that's going to Bill's side of the bed and I will never speak to it again. So the purple pillow has been unbelievable. And you can count on resting easy night after night and year after year because the ultra durable purple grid will not sink or lose shape. Purple is, in fact, so confident in what they do that every Purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. So you can check it out. If you don't like sleeping on it after 100 nights, send her back. No strings attached. Mm-mm. So experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com forward slash gals and use promo code gals. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That is purple.com forward slash gals promo code gals for $150 off any mattress order of a $1,500 or more terms apply treat yo sleep treat it we're gonna be talking about barbie (gasps) barbie Uh, joe barbie just barbie (laughs) no joel just barbie no joel (laughs) an icon a point of contention a controversy Mm-hmm. An undeniable part of pop culture history. Barbie mm-hmm. was created by boss bitch Ruth Handler <laughs> and presented to the American Toy Fair in 1952 to a lackluster response from buyers who were convinced they knew the market the best. LOL, <laughs> men. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do either of you remember that big ass Barbie store in the Mall of America? No. Oh. No, but that sounds awesome. My fa- my favorite thing was going in there because they had a big, like, glass tube full of water, like, circulating water filled with pink and purple Barbie shoes that just swirled around. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. I would just stare at it. I loved it. Badass. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember you owning any Barbies. Uh, I stopped getting Barbies gifted to me because I would cut off all their hair. Yeah, I had some Barbies. My fa- the ones that leap to mind are my Sleeping Beauty Barbie, where if you put warm water on her eyelids, mm. her eyes would close. She and pisses put, her pants, and then you put warm, you put cold water on her <laughs> eyelids, and they would open. Right, right, that, yeah, no. And then I had a like a scuba diver Barbie, where if you put her legs in warm water, they would turn black like a skin suit, like a. You, know you I mean? were Yikes. really into Barbies and water. I was into Barbies whose like skin changed colors. Apparently, good <laughs> lord, science. But okay. all three of your Barbie as associations as are with water. Spend forty five minutes unpacking the clear <laughs> psychosis that goes along with Lucy's Barbie the chemical collection. reaction Barbies. <laughs> I'm gonna carry on. <laughs> Ruth was told that no one would buy this doll because little girls only wanted to pretend to be mommies and play with baby dolls, not a post-puberty doll with banging tits. <laughs> with chemical Clearly, reaction I am skin. reading a verbatim <laughs> transcript of the conversation that Ruth had with the men at the toy fair. Banging you know, like bang tits? <laughs> Nobody wants these banging tits. These girls just want to be mommies. <laughs> Ruth pushed back, insisting that girls didn't only want to pretend to be mommies, but also wanted to pretend to be older versions of themselves. They dreamt about being women beyond the societal uh, reduction of women as simply baby machines. 
Right. Mm. With impossibly thin waists instead. <laughs> way of feet permanently arched. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Because if you're not wearing heels, what are you even doing? Are you even a woman? Are you even? <laughs> this way of thinking was undoubtedly inspired by Ruth's own daughter, Barbara. Ooh. So we can see where the name Barbie came from. Mm-hmm. Barbara would play with her paper dolls for hours, using them to build a fantasy world based on Barbara's dreams and what she wanted to be when she grew up. So Animal Crossing. So Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. Escapism. Mm -hmm. Watching Barbara play, Ruth saw that her pretend world didn't revolve around being a wife and homemaker. Ruth herself was a wife and mother of two, but defied the expectations of her womanly role by working outside the home as the co-founder of the toy company, Mattel. (gasps) Ever heard of it? Old from Mattel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Prehistoric plastic (laughs) hammer tools. So stupid. (laughs) Prehistoric banging tits. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she's working with her husband, Elliot Handler. She said in one interview, quote, if I had to stay at home, I would be the most dreadful, mixed up, unhappy woman in the world. And I can tell you mm-hmm. from someone who's forced to stay at home right now, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We don't even have kids. No. Oh, thank God. And just as a blanket disclaimer, in no way are we or even Ruth judging the choices of women with agency who elect to stay home and raise their children. This or is men. an equally important. Well, I, yeah, anyone. Mm-hmm. But. This is from the lens of specifically a woman in the 50s who didn't want to do that. Yeah. It's an unpaid, unappreciated, and thankless job. And like any other job, it isn't for everyone, which is why I am not having children, but we commend you for doing it. Moving on. Ruth and Elliot had started Mattel in their garage with third co-founder and colleague Harold Matson. In 1945, in Southern California, they were operating a small picture frame company out of their home. Frame Barbie. It, this is before Barbie was a thing. <laughs> but For sure. Frame Barbie. You didn't get yeah, the joke. I got, got it. Joke. I got it's, it. It's not. What are we framing from like Barbie? Frame. From a Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, using the leftover wood scrap from framing, they started making and selling dollhouses. These dollhouses caught on and actually started selling better than their picture frames. Doiks, picture frames are probably a little more boring than dollhouses, though I own a million picture frames and no dollhouses. Yeah, really? I fucking love picture frames. I do love picture (laughs) frames. Oh, my frame bridge thing should be in the mail today. Yes. Ooh, exciting. So they ditched the framing biz and dedicated themselves full-time to toy making. Harold sold his shares soon after because his health was failing and he was not well enough to maintain his role in the business. So under Ruth and Elliot, the first Mattel hit was created in 1947, a small ukulele that doubled as a (laughs) wind-up music box that was called, like, Yookaboo or something. I have a picture of it on the drive. Uh, What was it? Yookadoodle. You could doodle. Mm-hmm. You could doodle. Mm-hmm. I like that. The on the packaging it says a real Hawaiian miniature ukulele with music box made <laughs> of a durable molded plastic. It comes in assorted colors, colorfully packaged, priced low for volume turnover. <laughs> yeah, pretty exciting stuff. You could doodle. By 1955, they were a full-time sponsor of the Mickey Mouse Club, which is a big get for a small company like that. Mm-hmm. And Barbie rolled out in 1959, followed by Chatty Cathy in 1960, which was the gold nice. standard of technology for, uh, for all pull-string talking toys to follow. Mm-hmm. 
So as the co-founder of motherfucking Mattel, getting a meh response from her Barbie doll idea was not about to stop Ruth from making it. But she was met with some resistance among her own design team as well. The team was concerned that a sexy doll with pointed tits and intricate accessories... (laughs) Would be too expensive to produce. <laughs> Pointed. Where are the nipples? Where are the nipples, though? Where are her labial flaps? Where oh, is Jesus. the vulva? Where are her hemorrhoids? Yeah, it's rough. So Ruth did the <laughs> really most... Really unrealistic for an adult <laughs> woman. <laughs> well, the prototype for Barbie is only, like, 19. So it I would be fathomable. hemorrhoids for a while. Yeah, I don't think you've had them that long. And if you have, you don't know my asshole. Uh, I, I don't need she to had know twenty. I can attest to know that I'm concerned that you've had hemorrhoids. I since know you were her 19. asshole well enough to know that she had him at twenty for Yikes. sure. Oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> stress induced, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after being told no, Ruth did the most extra thing she could think of and went to think it over in Europe. Yes. Why? <laughs> it's <laughs> Sound Kenyan. familiar? It's Kenyan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stressed. Yes. I'm going to Paris. I'm going. And you're not Alone. invited. Yep. Yeah. Alone. Whoa. Best Key decision point. of my life. Alone. <laughs> While in Germany, not Paris, she stumbled upon an ad for a sex doll by the name of Lily. You're kidding. Nope. <laughs> the doll was accompanied by a variety of sensual garments that Lily's male suitors could dress her up and down in. <gasps> Day to night, Lily. Mm-hmm. And wow. let me be very clear, Lily was not an atomically correct sex doll. She was a novelty doll the size of Barbie, like 11 inches high, with an insanely banging butt that dudes could undress and then jack off to. Oh, so she was tiny. She's a tiny little porny model. There's a picture of her on the drive. Yes. Wow. She's literally the, she's Barbie. Oh, she is. She looks the eyebrows and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. Just a slightly more rolled hard, put away wet version of Barbie. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. It was the adult body that Ruth was jazzed about, already being produced in Germany, (laughs) or well, for this German company anyway, with accessories, after Ruth had been told by the prude American men on her production team that it couldn't be done. So she was like, great, it's already being done and being sold in Germany. Now I just have to figure out how I do this. Yeah. How hard is it to like- Barbie was a miniature German sex doll? Pretty much. That doesn't surprise me. She was like a fantasy- yeah, Doll. I get it. Yeah, I'm just processing. Yeah, you just didn't fuck it. You just looked at it and fucked yourself. Yeah, <laughs> compact. Fucked your fist. You fucked your fist, <laughs> or your ham sandwich, whatever tickles your your teeter. Okay, or your bratwurst, <laughs> or your or your egg salad. <laughs> okay, fuck. Oh, They're in Germany. Okay, okay. Your tater tat hot your dish. Your hot dish. But wait for it to cool. <sighs> So Ruth looked into <laughs> Lily's production, researched its process and affordability, Don't and found cool the one and only production team based out of Japan with the technology to slap tits on a doll, <laughs> enlisted clothing designer Charlotte Johnson to spearhead the accessories, and Barbie was officially born. How hard is it to wow. pour plastic into a mold of pointy tits? Just no one was making the molds because nobody wanted to... Yeah. Uh, like, 
like the risk was so high. Nobody thought that this doll would sell and sexism was and still is so rampant that everybody was like, no. So who would even be making a mold like that? The Germans, obviously. Well, the Japanese then purchased by the Germans. Gotcha. Yeah. Production was on the Jap uh, in Jap- like coming out of Japan and then the sales were for this like weird sex doll in Germany which makes so much sense to me I feel like mm. Japan has a long history of like m- commodifying kinky kinky, kinky men oh, with fuck, their like yeah. dirty underwear machines Fending and things machines? like that mm. I yeah. fucking love it I, do I don't too. know how much of it is true and how much is urban legend but right yeah Either way, I'm into it. Why not? Sex, sex, posy vibes only. Get your dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and each individual garment for Barbie was hand-sewn in Japan by housewives who picked up the gig as a part-time job that they could do from home. Amazing. Wow. Kind of badass, huh? So now came the daunting task of marketing. Ruth, at every turn, had been met with naysayers, and Ruth pounded the pavement trying to sell this fucking doll, and was passed over by over or passed up by over half of the buyers that she approached, including Sears. Mm-hmm. The buyers who did bite really only nibbled, ordering super conservatively because they were convinced the toy wouldn't sell and were basically only buying it out of respect for Mattel as a company. Because um, mm. even by then, like Mattel had grown so much in the last two years and the products that they were selling to buyers for retail were doing really well. So wow. these buyers so if- that did purchase were like, okay, but I'll buy like 10 and just see what happens. So basically, if Barbie had been her first idea, it never would have happened at all. There's no way. Interesting. In a million years. So Ruth needed to design a marketing campaign that could usher the world into a new era of girls' toys. And psychiatrist Dr. Ernest Dichter was Mm. the king of... He dicked Oh, he did not dict her. (laughs) He crushed this. Was the king of market psychology. Hardly know her. He was... Dictor. (laughs) 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 Well done. (laughs) He was an expert at getting into the minds of the consumer, Mm. uh, i.e. men. Expert at creating getting it in and creating a marketing (laughs) plan that would exploit their innermost desires and guide them to the product to match. One of his claims to fame was research he did for Chrysler, determining in his study that men liked dreaming about buying convertibles, but were more likely to buy sedans and helped create a sexy marketing campaign to trick men into thinking the sedan they were buying was as lit as a convertible. (laughs) Couldn't have been that hard because men are weak. According to Vice, quote, (laughs) doing research for Mattel, Dichter determined that children liked Barbie, but her mature figure made parents uncomfortable. A compromise revealed itself when one mother's resistance softened upon hearing her daughter say, she's so well-groomed, mommy. Dichter advised Mattel to present Barbie (laughs) as a role model that could turn your daughter into a poised little lady. This scientific recommendation was expressed at a state-of-the-art advertising medium, a television commercial. Mm-hmm. In 1955, Mattel had become the first toy company to advertise on television, allowing them to reach their audience directly. Think Innovative about how stuff. much has changed since oh our God. parents were born. Right? Damn. Yeah. Right? Like, it's amazing wow. that they're still hanging on, like, oh. psychologically. 
It really yeah, is. Yeah, a lot's changed. <laughs> so much Fuck. has changed. We're in another world. So from there, shit popped off. Barbie was crushing it. And Mattel stock was the in-demand accessory of the 60s and 70s. They were calling it celebrity stock. Like, that's how <laughs> high value this stock was. Skyrocketing stock, however, brought new challenges for Mattel, who were desperate to stay on top and continue to meet their extremely lofty sales goals. In order to do so, they employed a technique on a tried-and-true toy sales strategy called bill and hold. This was a fairly common practice in the toy industry that allowed retailers to order toys that won't be shipped until later, or even made until later. This is especially useful for toy stores to prepare for a Christmas rush by ordering toys, say, in May that won't be produced until, like, July and then shipped in October. Pre-order. That makes that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's it's totally legit. Lots of companies do this. We literally do pre-order we do it. <laughs> on items. Yeah. But Mattel got into a sticky situation when they began billing buyers for toy orders that would not be made at all. And many of the orders had actually been canceled by the buyers due to a plateau in demand. Mattel, in an attempt to continue to appease shareholders, collected profits from merchandise it never made and therefore never sold and reported income from sales that had actually been canceled, thus massively inflating their stock as the company took on equally massive amounts of debt. While Ruth was by no means the mastermind behind this very illegal and fraudulent reporting, it did all happen while she was like CEO, captain of the ship, and therefore oh. had to be held responsible. Mm. In February of 1978, after a federal investigation that caused Ruth to step down from her role at Mattel, Ruth, three other officers, and one supervisor of Mattel Toys were indicted by a federal grand jury for conspiracy, mail fraud, and making false financial statements um, to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Mm. No bueno. I didn't know any of this. I know. I, I kind of leaned pretty heavy into the history of Barbie because it was like really fascinating to me. And this is like the brief moment where we're going to talk about the crime and then we're going to get back mm -hmm. to some other cool stuff. Yeah. According to a 1978 New York Times article, quote, the 10-count indictment charges that the 61-year-old Mrs. Handler, who gave the world Barbie dolls, and Seymour Rosenberg, the 54-year-old former executive vice president of Mattel, falsified internal business records concerning earnings and sales in 1971, 72, and 73 so that they could influence the market price of Mattel stock. The indictment also alleges that Mr. Rosenberg and Mrs. Handler, who now heads a company that manufactures prosthetic devices for women who have lost a breast through mastectomy, and we'll get to it, falsified records so that they could acquire assets in companies with overvalued Mattel stock, borrow funds from the Bank of America, and sell Mattel stock for their own benefit. So it was mm. not good. Not it was good. more no. than just like padding stock. It was like other shady trade was going on mm -hmm. there. And also, I'm very thrown off because I had a landlord named Ruth Handler once. So <laughs> it's, every time you say it, I'm like, <gasps> it no. might be her. It's not. It's not. You don't know. Let's <laughs> assume that it is. Mm -hmm. Way relate. Well, then she shouldn't have been charging me so much for fucking rent. I mean, Ruth did have kids, so this could be a grandchild or a child. I don't know. Maybe. 
Ruth pleaded no contest to the charges, paid a $57,000 fine, and was sentenced to 2,500 hours of community service. Slap uh, on and the then wrist. she just laughed in their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. This was a hard time for Ruth in her personal life, having been diagnosed with breast cancer right before the scandal broke, and she stepped down from Mattel. Though many articles insinuate that new corporate management made her a scapegoat in the scandal and effectively forced her out of her role, which I definitely believe to be at least partially true. Yeah, she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, we'll kind of get to my theory on this, but I think there's a there's a combo of factors here. Mm-hmm. Ruth underwent a mastectomy, recovering from breast cancer and now separated from her life's worth uh, work. Ruth took her talents and her experience with reconstructive surgery and founded Ruthton Corp. The company created the Nearly Me prosthetic breast, which was made of, quote, liquid silicone enclosed in polyurethane and had a rigid foam backing. Wow. Who would have thought there would be so many fake boobs mm-hmm. in this episode? There's a so lot many. of It's, all, it's in all fake boobs. The whole this episode is just been fake an tits. episode for boob crimes. It yeah. honestly could have been. Seriously. Or a, a topic for boob crimes. Wow. Yeah. Mrs. Handler sold it in lefts and rights, according to bra size. Her goal was to make an artificial breast so real, quote, that a woman could wear a regular brassiere and blouse, stick her chest out, and be proud. Oh. She was inspired to do so because of the disappointment she experienced when seeking out options after her own mastectomy. She employed middle-aged women, the majority of whom were breast cancer survivors, to sell the product in department stores where they would train sales staff. Ruth even fit former First Lady Betty Ford after her mastectomy. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. She just just knew tits. She got it. Bitch knew tits. Which makes it that much more, like, upsetting that she got breast cancer. Poor thing. Yeah. The company thrived well into the 80s, and in 1991, Ruth sold Ruthton Corp to Kimberly Clark Corporation, which make a ton of medical devices and, like, a lot of shit. You can basically find Kimberly Clark on the back of, like, a bunch of your shampoo bottles, all kinds Mm. of shit that you're buying. Interesting. Now, Barbie is by no means perfect. We literally did not have a black Barbie until 1981. Barbie is controversial at best when it comes to unrealistic body standards for young girls. And we're like just getting Barbies now that have like vastly different body types. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as with all things, Barbie has been fairly slow to change and reflect all bodies and like keep up with the times. I kind of think of Barbie as like, I can appreciate that suffragettes gave women the vote, but you also have to understand that they only gave white women yeah, the vote. And that the racist. suffragette w- w- yeah, movement was extraordinarily racist. Did yeah. it did it make steps forward for like access Some to women? voting rights? Sure. Mm-hmm. For a very mm-hmm. specific set of people, it did. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the definition mm-hmm. of just not aging well. Mm-hmm. 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 But they're moving in a better direction, or at least trying, uh, to this day on the heels of an epic legacy that Ruth left behind. And say what you will about Ruth, but she was a feminist of her time and pushed boundaries that no one had dared to push. She opened a lot of doors and undoubtedly made an impact on kids and adults alike. I honestly don't know how much she knew about the fraudulent stock inflation. I think she had to have known some. You're getting... Yeah, she was the CEO. Yeah, you're fucking getting report financial reports. And yes, this happened under her direction, so she's absolutely responsible. But 
also kind of can't fault her, even if she did know all about it. Like, this was her baby, and what wouldn't you do to protect your baby? Also, she was one woman among many men that were also pulling the strings and Mm -hmm. complicit in this situation and then threw her under the bus. Well, we just don't have enough information to know how much she directed it. But she was CEO, so she does bear She absolutely responsibility. bears responsibility. Yeah. I just still like her, and I do yeah. not care that she did this. That's what I'm yeah, getting like at. Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I worst like case... Stewart more. Worst case, she defrauded a bunch of corporations. So, like... Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, eat the rich. Who cares? Bad? I don't think it's that bad. So we'll never know every crumb of truth, but regardless, she continued to thrive against a multitude of odds. And I, for one, am impressed with Ruth. She literally had a pink Malibu dream house and convertible before it was a Barbie accessory. Yes. Those accessories are based off of Ruth's own fucking house. Oh, Oh, my God. I love her. Yeah. She was legit. Did Um, she also have a hygienic napkin pad that was the size of a pillow? Probably. <laughs> what? I mean, it was the 50s. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With I stole my mom's I stole my mom's pads always because they were wrapped in pink wrappers and they oh. were Barbie pillows. Oh my god. How would we have known what the fuck you were talking about? I don't about? know. Someone out there knows. <laughs> you know. Now we do. I see you. Oh, we see you. So she passed away, sadly, on April 27th, 2002, at the age of 85 of complications from a colon surgery that she'd undergone three months prior. Poor thing. Yep. So she led a long and interesting life. She definitely did. And And like changed the face of the world. Yeah. I really loved reading about this, honestly. So thank you so much, Jax, for this recommendation because it was super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's my case. I love it. Nice job. Thank you. And special thanks this week to our fan picker, Jax Fox. This was an Mm -hmm. interesting off the beaten path, off Mm -hmm. the beaten Jax. Oh, God. Topic pick. Mm. Thank you also to Marilyn Bonner. Mm. Bonner, party of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, sorry, nine. Can I change my reservation to eight? <laughs> you know what? You know, I'm, no, I'm no, actually no, not, not hungry, hungry anymore. <laughs> oh, no, I'm full. <laughs> I'm going to eat in tonight. I'm going to save a little money. I have all this meat piling up in the freezer. Okay. Thank you to Emily Siacha. Siaka. See you later. Emily. My, ouch, my sciatica. <laughs> See you later. Thank- Sayonara, Emily. Okay. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Ashley Soloperto. Wow. Um, you are not alone. Soloperto. Mm. <laughs> Thank I you. Two pairs in a pod. I don't know, Toe. I don't know, Toe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dresden Carvalho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna You're car- a doll. Gonna carve your name in a in a pumpkin. Um nope. Dresden mm-hmm. dolls, no one, no one. Yeah, <laughs> it's you were bombed. <laughs> it's fine. Oh Jesus, you were bombed. You were bombed. Holy shit! <laughs> okay, thank you, Alexa N. Alexa, apologize on Kenyon's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you to Natalie Mink. You are just soft and luscious. Got to make a I coat won't out pour of you. red paint on your coat. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jamie Sepulveda. Your skin is so supple. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Megan Ployer. Thank you for the pronunciation guide. For real? Otherwise, yeah. I would have said Ploager. Plager. <laughs> it yeah. would have play- ploagued me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Caitlin Alvarez. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have I uh, told I'll you lately Alvarez you? <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I had a big load of wine. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Amy Nicole. Good thing your first name isn't Anna Nicole oh. Smith. I was Anna Nicole for Halloween one year, and Scott yes, was Bobby were. Trendy. Speaking of fake tits. Speaking of not Ooh. aging well. <laughs> okay, because she died. I yes. mean, Bobby Trendy didn't age well. Okay. Uh, moving on. Thank you, Maria Lymath. Not going to lie, I'm not good at math. <laughs> Thank you to Clayton DeLong, who mm. increased their pledge from 2 to $5 a month. I hope it's not... DeLong before we see you again. Oh, God. I'm so sad. <laughs> Thank you, Jocelyn Probasco. Gonna mm. probe you with my proboscis. Yeah, uncurl that proboscis. Till you can me the Tabasco. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you to Stacy Blair, who's kicking off our $10 a month tier. You're gonna be getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass at some point in the mail. It's coming at you, so I'm so scared. The the Blair Witch Project. Mm, Nailed it. Face the corner. Face it. And uh, also getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass is Catherine Shaw. I bet you didn't Shaw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait to Shaw you in praise. Yeah. Can't wait to be redeemed, Shaw. You're going to Shaw it off. Shawshank. Oh, we're so sorry. <laughs> Thank you all so <laughs> I typed Jennier, but I'm pretty sure it's Jennifer Wallace. Jennier Wallace? Jennier Wallace. You sound like an exotic water. Jennier <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> oh. And thank you to Hannah Wise Logal. Be wise to. You sound like an exotic cheese. Yes. <laughs> Cut me a sliver of Wise Logo. Well, slap me on a cracker with some brown swagger and, s- mm. and an onion. Yum. That sounds so good. Oh, I love brown swagger. Me too. Thank you to Ellie Benel. Benel. Benelvolent. Yes. Thank you for your benevolence. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel Hedrick. Got a head full of facts about toys now, which is not really what I needed, but there you go. Yep, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Kelsey Clayton. I'm going to mold you out of clay in thanks. Mm. I'll make a bust of you, Kelsey. Mm. 
Thank you to Leah Benson Divine for increasing their pledge. You are absolutely divine. Mm. I'm gonna ignore the next one because it was mm-hmm. a repeat. Kicking off our $15 a month trash queen level, we got Mary Bates. I'm mm. um, go away. I can't I'm wait to hobble you. We're your number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> the other yeah. day, I had Love a really your hotel. Yes, <laughs> I had a really bad headache, and Bill was like, "Let me put on a soothing movie for you and get you some water." And misery. he tucked me in on the couch and turned on Misery. <laughs> it is soothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch was, it tonight. That's so great. soothing. It was perfect. I'm going to watch Contagion tonight. Very oh, soothing. Oh, I want to watch that too. Yeah. I have been waiting to watch it until my desperation really sets in. And you know what? I think that time is coming. It's mm-hmm. so good. If I, wa- I watched it a month ago and I kind of want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Amber Kelly. I can't wait to see if there's a prehistoric fly stuck in you, Amber mm-hmm. Kelly. <laughs> And in our $25 a month tier, we've got Dr. Noodley. Yes. Who wants to shout out their BFF, Lindsay, and they say, quote, cheers to lifelong lady friendships. Yes. yes. I and love a noodley lady noodles. friendship. And Honestly, doctors. lifelong Send lady nudes. friendships are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I do have regrets. <laughs> regrets? I have a few. I have two, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you to Lexi Haranda oh. for increasing your pledge from five to twenty-five dollars a month. I wanna hang out with you on the veranda, Lexi Haranda. Oh, me too. Mm. Oh, I'm going to cry. And last but not least, thank you, Emily Wazina. Wowza, Emily Wazina. (laughs) Thanks for increasing your pledge from $2 to $25 a month. You are truly an angel. Truly. All right. Thank you to everyone. Thank you so much. Our Patreon supporters have been so amazing through this whole tragedy. So we really, really appreciate you. We really do. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Do you enjoy the strange, bizarre, and unknown? Bigfoot, ghosts, and aliens? I'm Erica. And I'm Liana, and we're the Night Guys Podcast. That's Night, G-E-I-S-T, one word, think poltergeist. We bring you the lighter side of horror weekly by asking the questions no one else asks, like, is Mothman just lonely? Do aliens run if you throw rocks at them? Is Bigfoot just a small guy with 
oddly large feet? Can you actually befriend a ghost? We cover it all, including weekly weird news. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. You can also find us on Patreon for additional content. Weird Night Geist! We'll pour a glass of wine and wait for you. Cheers! Cheers.